1: Good afternoon and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sandy Jacobs. Our co-host, TJ Inman, will be along here shortly. We're discussing uh, Indiana football also some Big Ten football updates uh, from around the conference that have some impact on uh, Indiana. I uh, will also talk about uh, the impact that Marcus Oliver and Divine Redding declaring for the NFL draft has. Uh hopefully later in the week uh we'll get either Jason Spriggs or Tevin Coleman on uh on the show to talk about their matchup in the NFC championship game. So congrats to uh both of those former Hoosiers on uh getting that far in their NFL seasons. And right now we uh bring in T J Inman. T J uh how are you?
2: I'm doing very well, Sammy. Yeah. Uh we just kinda I hate I, I hate to call this the off season because it's, Really doesn't feel like it as much as uh, as much as we're into recruiting and and you got staff changes it,
1: and it's cr- it's uh, season.
2: That's uh, that's yeah. what it is,
1: and it's uh, definitely not. There, there was a very little downtime uh, right. for for people following recruiting. Uh, it, speaking of recruiting, TJ Indiana got a commitment last night from Tyrese fryfogel a receiver <laughs> out of Mississippi, um, who's. Dad played at Ole Miss uh, and who was probably slated to uh, go to Ole Miss until Grant Hurd came aboard at IU uh, and plucked him out of, uh, out of Mississippi uh, and bring, brings him to uh, IU. Uh, Fry Fogle an interesting prospect. We were talking about this last night. Uh, he's unrated uh, by the major recruiting services right now. Uh, probably nobody has uh, looked at his tape yet. Uh, or things like that. He only had three offers, including Indiana, uh, one from Old Miss, one from Idaho. Uh, those are the prospects who usually get rated last um, in terms of, of timeline. But he is a big receiver at 6'2". He's listed uh, somewhere between 197 and 205 uh, by the different services. Uh, so he kind of fits, as we all said uh, last night in the group text, kind of fits that mold of Simi Cobbs and, and Nick Westbrook. Um, the good thing about this, uh, about this commitment is he's not going to have to be rushed into playing. He could take some time and, and develop IU heads, both Simi and Nick Westbrook back next year. And then, uh, you'd have to hope that, uh, guys like Tays- Taysir Mack, uh, Phil Banker, uh, and, uh, Jonah Morris are going to step up and, and take the roles of, um, you know, guys like Ricky Jones, Mitchell Page, uh, you have Luke Timion back as well. Um, and then Donovan you'll Hale. see what you can get. Yep, Donovan Hale. Uh, and then you could see uh, what you get from Jason Harris. So to me, this he'll probably redshirt next year um, yeah. unless he totally bursts onto the scene. But he has two receivers who he is built like in front of him who he could style his game after and use as role models. Uh, we'll see going forward how long Simi and and Nick Westbrook are uh, with IU in terms of, of going pro. Uh, if Cobbs has a uh, tremendous season next year, you could see him making the jump, uh, and yep. Nick Westbrook will also be uh, draft eligible after uh, next season as well. So it seems like he's a guy who could take a year to develop, uh, work on, on some skills he needs to work on, work on some speed. Uh, and put on a little more bulk and then eventually slide in uh, behind those guys. So that's my take on uh, Tyrese Freifogel. Uh, How about yours, TJ?
2: Yeah, I I agree with everything you said. It's interesting to see kind of the schools that he visited didn't have offers from yet, but he visited a number of high-profile schools uh, that were at least looking at him, and, and in Ole Miss, you know, we know, uh, the connection with Grant Hurd there, and like you said, that he almost certainly wouldn't be coming to Indiana if not for Grant Hurd um, and that connection there. So uh, it was, it didn't come out of the blue that, that he committed. We we knew he had, uh, had visited and, and uh, apparently liked what he saw, and that was that plus the relationship with Grant Hurd and what he envisioned this offense being was enough to, to sway him to come to Indiana over Ole Miss. Um, you know, and I think you're absolutely right about his role in 2017. Likely, uh, barring a major breakout um, during preseason workouts and practices, he he will be a redshirt guy, um, and that's that's what you want. You want to be able to to redshirt the majority of your freshman class and not have to rely on them. Uh, with the exception of some standout guys or some major areas of need. And wide receiver uh, for next season, not a major area of need. It should be a team strength once again, as long as you get from, uh, you know, the guys you mentioned, Banker, Mac, uh Jonah Morris, and then just, you know, new roles, increased roles for Luke Timian, uh, Donovan Hale, and then you just hope for help for Sean Harris, Uh, and, you know, he'll be a wild card. We don't know what he's going to look like when he gets back on the football field uh, after really not playing for two years. So uh, I think the most interesting thing is going to be this height that, and and it kind of, for me, segues into thinking about the offense. You know, uh, the height is something that you – attempt to use, you'd think you'd attempt to use it in the red zone, and it was not, in my opinion, effectively done this past season. It was one of the problems IU had in the red zone was I don't think they used the height of Nick Westbrook or the tight end very well uh, while in the red zone. They certainly missed Timmy Cobbs in that regard. It was something he had done very well in 2015. Uh, and Fry Fogle could be another guy that does that. Jonah Morris is also a bigger receiver. Uh, that, that you think maybe he could be used as that uh, in, in twenty seventeen and beyond.
1: Um yeah, and, and to see, you
2: know, if you're gonna bring in if you're gonna bring in guys with kind of size, uh, it, it to me it makes sense that in the red zone when those spaces get constricted, that's one of the things you would do is pick on those matchups and if you can bring out a group of more than just one big receiver that's going to create matchup problems because a lot of teams will have, you know, one corner that's bigger, but they're not going to have more than one or two. So if you can bring out some uh, some groups that have a lot of size across the board, you can create some mismatches in that uh, in the red zone packages and and with accurate throws uh, create better scoring chances for your team. And I'd like to see more of that, especially with the big wide receivers end is going to have at their disposal in 2017. And then uh, if, you know, if Fry Fogle develops, he can be a part of that as early as maybe 2018. But, uh, you know, when thinking about roster construction and class construction, we knew, uh, we talked about on this podcast, you know, Indiana probably wanting to bring in at least one receiver, possibly a second. Uh, And now I think with Fry Fogle, the The receivers that you'd be looking at are more of the, one, if it's a guy that you think, you know, yeah, we think he can be a star, obviously you bring bring him in no matter what kind of receiver he is. If you think he's going to be a star, you bring him in. But uh, I think you're going to look at probably more of the slot or, you know, smaller explosive type guy now. Uh, You've got the big target guy. In Freifogel, uh, and now I think maybe you bring in kind of the smaller uh, slot explosive guy if you bring in another wide receiver, unless, like I said, there's another guy out there you're pursuing that, uh, that you can bring in that you think can be a star, then, you know, the more the merrier in that case. Yeah, and, and
1: to your point, again, in the red zone, Fry Freifogel does have uh, on his huddle page listed as a, as a 38-inch vertical uh, he, yep. His tape that showed he could go up and get it, and that's something, as you said, had TJ, 13, that 13, I use. To, thirteen he had touchdowns. 13 that we touchdowns had. 13 yeah, thirteen touchdowns. I, I believe somewhere, you know, around twelve hundred, thirteen hundred yards, uh, ninety some odd catches around there. So he has good hands. He could go up and get the ball. And that's something we saw. Um, you know, to me in the Northwestern game <clears> where they yeah. were using Ricky Jones, who's you know, six foot, five, five eleven, five ten around there, and throwing the ball up to him, and you know he could have made the catches. They would have been spectacular catches. But if you're talking about a guy who's now six two with thirty eight inch vertical, maybe those become a little bit easier uh, balls to catch. Um, in terms of roster construction, they are missing that big play receiver. Now, Nick Westbrook has shown speed to, to go downfield. Um, and, and make plays. But you're losing Ricky Jones, uh, who was their deep threat last year. You're you're losing Mitchell Page, who was your possession receiver, who could go deep over the middle a little bit uh, with some speed. But you're right, TJ. I think they, they need to go after some guy who could blow the top off of that defense and really make IU's offense a little bit more dynamic, especially under uh, Mike DeBoard, who, whose offenses are uh, – are explosive. Uh, They were explosive last year at Tennessee, uh, even though uh, Josh Dobbs wasn't terrific at throwing the deep ball. Uh, That's one of the things that I think Richard Lego does better than people give him credit for is throw that deep ball ball pretty well. Um, Now, he's not Aaron Rodgers where, you know, every other Hail Mary is a touchdown, it seems. Uh, But he could uh, get the ball downfield pretty confidently and, and put it where he needs to be. Uh, so uh, having a guy like that, we'll see if Jay Sean, uh Harris comes back with the type of speed that he had as a freshman. Uh, but you, you just never know, coming off a, a, of two knee surgeries and things like that. But uh, let's
2: uh, let's uh,
0: talk so, I, a little bit more about on that. Go ahead. Yeah.
2: Real quick on that, I, I, and I'll you'll, you'll get your thoughts on this, then we'll move on. Um, to our other topics, but and we'll talk about this certainly as we break down position groups and, and spring ball and all that. We're taking a bit of an educated guess here because it has been uh, – I mean, we've never seen these guys on a Division One field against other competition, but uh, based on kind of things we've heard from bull practice, based on uh, what we thought of them coming in, I, I do think that I use three redshirt receivers – Uh, especially Taysier Mack and Phil Banker do have that ability to be those, those big play threats. Um, Both of them came in with uh, kind of that pedigree of of doing that. And then Jonah Morris, a little bit more of the the bigger target type receiver, but also had some speed to him. Uh, I think that he was kind of a a direct comparison to Nick Westbrook. Um, So I, I do think that there's, there is the possibility that Indiana already has that on the roster, not that you don't want to have more of it uh, with someone like uh, maybe a Jalen Adams or or uh, somebody else that they're pursuing, but, but I do think that Taysier Mack and Phil Banker uh, could be guys that, that step in and with some further development prove to be those deep threats that Indiana's offense is looking for. Uh, I don't think we can get your thoughts on it, and then we'll we'll move on to something besides wide receivers. Yeah, I,
1: you know, when we looked at, at Banker's tape last year, he was going to be the guy that would blow the top off of a defense. But to me, you can never – speed is the one thing that you can rarely teach. Now, you might be able to take a guy who runs a 4-5-6 and turn him into a 4-5 guy, Um but some of these recruits that I use brought in for visits, they have you know four four sub four four speed, which you can't get enough of those guys. And speed is what you know. Speed is where the talent gap is between Michigan and Ohio State and Indiana and schools like that. So anytime you could get get a guy who, who runs fast. Uh, who's a good football player. Now, look, I, I used had some fast guys in the past who have been track guys and never really translated, uh, but these are, are guys who who have been good high school football players who, who know the game, who are not just straight-line runners uh, and things like that. So I think if they could get, you know, speed into the next class and, and keep getting those types of guys, um, it, it's not like pro football where you could just – Say to Phil Banker, hey, you know, we, we like what you did. We want you for another three years. These guys, it, it is such a quick turnaround in college football with, you know, having a guy only three, four, or five years, um, you know, at the max, it, you're going to have to reload and, and just passing on a guy uh, because, oh, we have these guys on the roster. And, and you've seen the injuries. I used to bitten by the injury bug uh, a lot the last couple of years. So, you know, you got to keep going after these guys, and, and sometimes it, seems, it might seem redundant, but uh, you got to get these guys on the roster and, and really close the gap in speed with uh, the rest of these teams in the Big Ten.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, not everybody's going to develop the way that you hope that they do. Um, you know, your talent evaluation is not always going to be 100% correct, and your your kind of foresight to... Think well. This guy will turn into this kind of player. It's not always going to turn out the way you want, and sometimes it'll be you know it'll be better than you expected, but sometimes it'll be worse. So you know the more uh, the more speed guys you get, uh, and the more just the more talent that you have, obviously the better the chance is that you know one of those. Maybe you bring in you know three receivers in a class, you'd hope that all three of them turn into, you know, very good players. Odds are that's not going to happen, but if you only bring in one of them, you have to have that guy turn out to be tremendous, and that's where scholarship limits come into play. You know, if you take three receivers, that means you're not, you know, something else. Indiana has a lot of defensive linemen in this class, and they needed to to bolster that that depth there, especially since they have transitioned, obviously, to the four defensive linemen uh, scheme. They want to have, you know, quality rotation of eight, nine, ten guys that they can rely on because that's such a tough position. It takes a physical toll on guys. You get worn down during the course of a game and then during the course of the season. Uh, so you want to have that deep rotation. But one of the costs of doing that is there's less slots available elsewhere. Uh, the same in the secondary, you're playing, you know, you're playing a lot of guys throughout the course of the game in the secondary with these up-tempo offenses, uh, so it's, it's really important to kind of hit on your talent evaluation elsewhere because you just don't have as many slots as you'd like to be able to have, uh, and, and you know, of course you're not able to just say, well, you know, we'll take that guy and that guy, like you said, it's not a draft, there's not contracts, you've got to recruit these guys. Uh, fill your roster with players you want, but also players that that want to play for you so uh recruiting is tough overall we can you know we can sit here and say oh it's you know it's it's great that they brought brought five in and then we like what you know we like what we see, but obviously we're you know we're not not experts on this and even the best experts uh which are the coaches uh sometimes they make mistakes on this stuff too so um, you know we're taking educated guesses uh, as to what we think the class needs and what we think is a, a good signing or a uh, kind of a reach or whatnot so uh, I think you're dead on that, that it's it's a quick turnaround and it's tough to uh, tough to pass on talent just talent and speed it's tough to pass on that and you you can't do it because you've got to make sure that if the guy you thought was going to develop doesn't. That you've got somebody else that does.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, Jay Sean Harris is the perfect example of that. You know, when he was brought in, you know, he's looked as a little bit bigger of a of a Shane Win. And then, you know, in twenty fourteen, it was and oh, it looked like it. IU yeah. has IU has too many slot guys. You know, they they had Shane Win on the outside. You know, their, their receiving core is is a mess. And they have too much, you know, too too many like little guys on the outside need bigger receivers. Now you've seen now that Sean Harris has missed the last two years, they're missing that um, that speed guy who could go over the top, uh, which he showed that he could do well uh, during his freshman campaign. Uh, so yeah. it, it is recruiting is is very uh, quick to turn um, things go super, super fast, and we'll see where they go from now. I I think, final thought on recruiting uh, the rest of the needs for this class, I I think that IU needs another defensive back um, after... uh, Corner. corner. I would say...
2: Like a cover guy. Yeah,
1: you're probably set at safety uh, and Husky with Brian Fitzgerald coming in. You're probably going to need a corner. There there are a couple corners that, that they're looking at that could be close to um, to committing, uh, and then I, I think you need um, you need a running back as well. And, and we'll get into uh, the impact of Devine Redding leaving. But after Camion's going to be a senior this year, uh, yeah. then you have you know Mike Magette and Devontae Williams are both juniors. Uh, Ricky Brookins and Alex Rodriguez will be seniors as well, I believe. So you need a a feature back to come in there, uh, and and make an impact. Um, uh, so I, I, think running backs, another, another spot that you need, uh, somebody, cause all you're going to have left is Tyler and the T. Um, and it, as we've seen it, the, you cannot get through a big 10 season with just one running back. Uh, so we'll, we'll see where they, uh, go with that. I think on the defensive, the defensive side corner, um, uh, maybe another linebacker, um, but I think on defense they're, they're pretty much set, and then just a, yep. a, probably another small wide receiver uh, with some speed, and and a running back, and they need a quarterback at some point. Uh, we'll see if uh, Nick Tronti is that guy. He's a uh, dual threat quarterback out of Florida. He's kind of blown up over the last few weeks. I know TJ, you're you're a huge fan of him. We'll see if they could get him on campus and and. Uh, and signing on the dotted line in, uh, two weeks from today. Uh, but they yeah they, they missed out on Braxton Burmeister. It looks like they're missing out on Tyler Lytle. Um, and, and it's just very late in the quarterback game to, to get going. We'll see what they do in 2018. Uh, if they don't get a quarterback this class, it's an absolute – it's got to be at the top of their priority list uh, for next year. But let's take a look at linebacker uh, TJ. It's something that you wanted to talk about Uh As we all know, uh, Marcus Oliver, he was the heart, and soul of defense the last couple of years, uh, has declared for the NFL draft. He he finished with, I believe, 116 tackles in 2015, 96, 95 tackles uh, this year. He's IU's career leader in forced fumbles. Uh, Replacing him will not be easy, uh, but IU does have some options. Uh, You know, we could talk about Damian Willis, um, Chris Covington, uh, now it does help that that Gray Scales is back. Uh, that you know, if I had lost both Oliver and Scales, uh, that's the strength of that defense uh, really becomes a, a a monster question mark instead of a a, a big question mark. Uh, so, yeah. and then you're bringing in a junior college transfer uh, in in um, in McGinnis. So we'll we'll see where they go from there. What what are your thoughts at linebacker?
2: Well, I think you you hit the nail on the head with that last point. Uh, getting T. Gray Scales back was imperative once Marcus Oliver decided to go to the draft. And I, you know, tremendous career for Marcus Oliver. Uh, he was a pleasure to watch. Tremendous playmaker for the defense. A very solid tackler. Even when you know in the years prior to last year, I used tackling left a lot to be desired. I felt like Marcus Oliver was always one of the more sure tacklers on the team. Um, and, and I, you know, the force fumbles were just uncanny, uh, the ability he had to get around the ball and then just uh, somehow get it out. Um, and I, I hope that, that he gets a shot uh, to make it with an NFL team. I, he'll get drafted for sure. Uh, it's just a matter of whether or not uh, he gets into a good fit, good system for him and, and takes advantage of this opportunity uh so you know great great for him to be able to, to have that chance. Uh as far as Indiana's linebacking rotation goes, I do feel like they are uh in better shape to replace Oliver than they are T Gray Scales. Uh I'm not gonna, you know, value one over the other, but I, I just feel like uh getting T Gray Scales back was absolutely critical. Uh if Oliver left and he did, I think you are now looking at scales will start uh, assured. And then after that, I I really liked the play of Chris Covington in that bowl game against Utah. Uh, and I liked what I saw of Covington throughout the year when he did play. He got more playing time towards the end of the season. Uh, really, it seemed like he came alive from – kind of an inconsistent practice player to more consistent performance in practice, just based on some of the comments from the coaches. Uh, And we'll need him to be, you know, a consistent performer for the defense now that he's going to be relied upon as a more consistent contributor. Uh, I, I think if I'm guessing, I'd say he starts, I think Damian Willis will see increased playing time. And then you're looking at, Raquan Jones uh, saw a little bit of action last year. He will be a redshirt sophomore. And then Mike McGinnis, you know, you don't bring in JUCO guys to sit on the bench. Uh, that might end up happening. Maybe he's not as good as they hope he is or he gets hurt. Uh, but plan, Mike McGinnis will see the field uh, in, in some capacity. I can see him uh, being on special teams and I can see him being, a definite part of the linebacking rotation. He's a hard hitter, uh, instinctive player, and it, it seems like he can bring a physical physical edge to the defense. Uh, you know, I thought they hit hard last year, but you know, he'll he'll definitely help that as well. So, you know, that's that's what five guys right there, uh, and then you're bringing in Thomas Allen, which Tom Allen's son uh, from Plant High School. He had a very productive high school career. Uh, you're bringing in Mo Burnham. He's committed, has not signed yet, and uh, there. Uh, I guess he might be taking another visit. Uh, so hopefully, to hang on the Mo Burnham, he has a pretty high ceiling. Uh, athletic linebacker out of Georgia that looks a lot like um, a T. Gray Scales type player, potentially. Uh, certainly, a long way to go to get to that level. Uh, so you'll have, you know, you'll have. Uh, what's 7 or 8 on the roster and i think probably in the rotation you'll have five
1: he has probably. no um tj uh tj speaking mo burnham uh he was a a tennessee commit uh, i'm looking at his 247 page right now uh, he has what no no visits scheduled um okay he he, he decommitted from somewhere. yeah um he I think he, he had a visit uh, the other day from uh, coach Inge and uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. He he, he took okay. an official to IU on December 9th. Uh, but other than that, I don't see any, any other indications that he's taking other visits, but he, he was a big get uh, out of Georgia yeah. for them. And as far as Mike McGinnis goes, uh, he was a, a junior college all American. It, it's, you know we said this about uh, Lego when they brought him in um you just don't um bring junior college players in to to have a minimal impact i think he'll get a a very good shot at starting or at least being in the two deep uh in that oh, rotation yeah. uh we'll see you know it, it probably depends on matchups uh, against faster teams, you might see Covington and, and Damian Willis uh, against bigger teams. Uh, you might see uh, McGinnis in there uh, instead. But he's a guy who they're going to want to get on the field. Uh, he's in for spring, which is huge. Uh, yeah. Huge for IU. It's huge for these players uh, to get used to these systems, to, to learn a new system, uh, and things like that. So I think Mike McGinnis uh, will – we'll end up being in the two deep when we do our two deep projections, the, the first one after signing day, uh, he'll definitely be in there, but we want to see what he brings this spring. I use linebacking core might be unproven, but the talent is there. Um, it, it might be a little thin uh, in terms of numbers, but it, with, with scales coming back, you got to feel good about this, not turning into uh, a weakness. Like, it has yeah. the last couple of years where the strength guys graduate, it's a weakness. And then another part of the team becomes a strength. So I think the defense with these freshmen coming in on the defensive line, you have scales back at linebacker Fant, which was a huge return at, um, at corner. Uh, and then you have Riggins who will be a sophomore and you have some other freshmen coming in there. This defense, I think on paper might be better than last year's defense. Um, We'll just have to wait and see um, another guy who left TJ on the opposite side of the ball, uh, running back Divine Redding. Now we've had yep. uh, mixed feelings on, on Divine as a player. He's a tremendous human being um, a pleasure to talk to and get to know over the last couple of years. But uh, you know, did we think he was, you know, back to back a thousand yard seasons is nothing to sneeze at. Uh, but something was missing with him. It was the, the explosiveness to turn a three-yard run into an eight-yard run uh, and so on and so forth that that IU was missing. Uh, as explosive as this offense was uh, in 2015, this year it was more of a grinded-out uh, type, yeah. type of offense, which hit home run plays every now and then. But it seemed that every time IU would try and score a touchdown, it took everything that they had um, – to, to punch it in. So uh, we're going to see Camion Patrick uh, probably start at running back. Uh, if he's healthy, uh, he should be healthy and ready to go for spring ball. Um, and, and this is, you know, as Matt said, it's like the legend of Bigfoot. Uh, we've heard about him, but we haven't seen him. Uh, or the Loch Ness Monster, wh- whatever conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat wearing, um, monster uh, you you could think of that's what camion patcher compares to uh we'll see we saw flashes we saw that tremendous catch against uh against rutgers we've uh, we saw some some plays against penn state he'll probably uh, he'll start they're they're going to try and start him at running back I, i i think that's you know i compared him to we've seen him in practice he compares to both Tevin Coleman and Jordan Howard. He's a physical guy who likes to run over people, and he could also blow by you with, with speed like Tevin. So he's going to be your number one back. You also have Tyler Natee coming back. Um, now the bacon and legs package is is gone because Xander's gone. Uh, but you have Tyler Natee, and then you have Ricky Brookens, who I thought was the best back in the bowl game. Um, he That's showed great. a lot. He deserves a few more carries. Uh, especially if they decide to move him back from – they moved him to slot uh, uh, officially, uh, but I, I thought he played more running back last year. But um, yeah, he, he's a nice little scat back who, who could give you five, six, seven carries a game uh, if all goes well. And then you have Mike Majet and Devontae Williams, who they've got to stay healthy. Uh, Mike Majet looked like he was becoming a weapon in the screen game. Uh, Devontae Williams needs to improve his game a little bit. He's a guy who seemed to be a step away from breaking away on, on a couple yeah. kickoffs this year, um, and maybe some runs. So, you know, maybe his decision making on the field needs to be a little bit quicker, um, and he needs to hit the hole a little bit harder. But there is some talent there. But as we said on the recruiting portion of the show, this is this is a position that IU needs to get some some younger players at because the well is going to be dry coming up here, um, uh, in the next couple of years, if they don't, you know, start, uh, restocking, uh, that position. So I don't think losing divine Redding is the end all be all that, that losing, uh, Marcus Oliver could have been, uh, or losing Tigre scales would have been, uh, it's, it, he's a replaceable player, um, who had two very good seasons uh, and, you know, he he had fumbling issues and, and things like that. I think you're upgrading at that position with Camion. Uh, so so we'll see. It's a, it's a wait and see if Camion's healthy. I think it's a major upgrade uh, and gets this offense that explosive running back that they need.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I know you unintentionally left this guy off, but you left off Cole Um, I, I, personally think that Cole Guest uh will be the, the second back um, at the start of next season. Uh, and I, I I can see him getting um I mean it all depends on how many carries Camion gets, but I can I can see Cole Guest getting the second most carries. Uh love the aggressiveness he runs with, how how quick and decisively he hits the holes. Uh and I, I just he, he pops every time he touches the ball, uh, even if it's not going for a big gain. Uh, it, it just seems like he's very decisive. Pops hits that hole hard, and it, I, I enjoy watching him run. I think he's a um, a very capable back that if he can uh, stay healthy next season, I think he'll have a very nice uh, – this be a redshirt freshman year for him because he's going to get the redshirt. Uh, we think, from the 2016 season. So I think he can have a very nice redshirt freshman year and and be right there. Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, if I'm thinking about...
1: Well, Guest could also be a guy... Guest is is also a guy who could be an impact on uh, punt returns and on kickoff returns as well. Um, as I, I believe he had one or two punt returns and a couple kick returns, so uh he he's could be that second back in but you're going to see a lot of him on special teams as well now he's not as tall as other running backs but that doesn't mean he's a, he's a small guy he is uh he's a bowling ball he is a, a yeah. you know he's just big. a he he yeah he's he's big in terms of uh, muscle maybe not in terms of height but um you're right i i can't believe i forgot him uh but he's a a guy yeah, who I know you could like make an yeah. impact. He, he's a guy who can make an impact on, in, in several phases of the game. So it, it'll be good. And, and the best thing of that happened to him last year. Yeah, he'll, he'll get the red shirt, but he also played in three three games. Right. So he has that game experience of playing on the road, um, playing at home, and playing against a power five team. I believe he got hurt against Wake Forest. Um, yep. Somewhere along there, so you know he has experience. He knows the speed of the game, so that learning curve is a little bit further along uh, than most redshirt freshmen. So uh, excited to get him back, and uh, we'll see. You know that that's another talented person, in that backfield.
2: Yeah, I I, I think your overall point, and I, I know you do like guests. It was uh, not the case where you left him off on purpose. I, I think it's. Um, I think it's a, it's a good group that hinges on how good Camion Patrick can be. Uh, Matt Weaver, like you mentioned when he was on our podcast, he predicted if Camion's healthy, he can run for 1,600, 1,700 yards. Uh, Matt is not one for hyperbole. He doesn't just blow smoke just to, to be a cheerleader at all.
1: Um, no, but, he really will, does, if he will, he does not run that. for
2: 1,600 yards, Matt,
0: that
1: oh that yeah. will we'll get roasted be on this show. Oh, yes,
2: yes <laughs> absolutely. But he, I mean, being honest when he said that, he actually does believe that can happen if Tameon's healthy. So for me, that the success of the group overall is going to hinge on the development of the offensive line. It's going to be talented but reshuffled and inexperienced a little bit. Um, not a young group, but just a, an inexperienced group. Um and it's going to hinge on, you know, whether or not he can stay healthy. It's not – I'm not calling him injury-prone because I don't think that's a fair label to put on a guy, but uh, we just – we need to see a full season out of him, and it it just didn't occur last season. Uh, There were just multiple multiple issues. Plus, uh, I think it's something that people have to remember – uh, he came back from an injury that should have uh, in theory held him out longer than it did. He came back earlier than expected uh, and, and was able to have a, an impact that, you know, helped IU win a football game against Rutgers that it looked for a while like they were not going to win. Um, so I, I'm very, very excited to see uh, him at running back. I'm so glad they made that move. Uh, I I think it's, necessary for this offense. And i if IU can get back to picking up big chunk plays on the ground it's gonna help out the passing games just monumentally. Uh and, and it will help out pretty much every offensive issue you can think of that IU had. Uh a Cameon Packard that's as good as we hope he can be at running back is is uh is gonna solve a lot of those issues or at least mitigate a lot of them. Um Now, as the group overall, like I said, I think Cole Guest is a very good player. I think Mike Majette and Devontae Williams have shown flashes. We'll see. I think Ricky Brookens, I think, can be utilized more than he has been. I think he's very capable. And then Tyron is going to be very interesting to see uh, how this new offensive staff, uh, at least Mike DeBoard anyway, uh, chooses to utilize him uh, because I think last season uh, his positive attributes were were showcased at times, and then we also saw some limitations at times where uh, what was going to happen when he was in the game got fences were able to dial in and just pack the box and and uh, and get to him. But I, I still think he's a very a uh, unique piece that that can be a, a, a net positive for an IU offense that I, I would love to see be more creative. Um, and I, I think poverty can be a big part of that. I, I am still a hundred percent positive. He's going to have a nice career at Indiana. So as a group overall, I'm encouraged. And I, I think it's going to be a very, like you said, if Camion's healthy healthy, it's, it's a better group than it was last year. Um, now, as far as recruiting goes, yeah, they're uh, they offered another one uh, today. They offered another another running back today, and they've got a couple of guys coming in on visits. And um, you know, dylan McCullough's uh, track record with identifying guys and bringing them in is is fairly spotless, to be honest. So I, I if he likes a player and is willing to bring him into Indiana, I feel pretty good about that player. So we'll we'll see yep, who they I, end up with running back. I'm I'm pretty confident they're gonna get somebody that Dylan McCullough likes. He's not gonna offer somebody that he doesn't like to be a part of his running back group. And um, so if they end up with somebody McCullough likes, then I'll I'll feel pretty good. And whoever it is will likely come in in redshirt future, and then he'll bring in another guy in 2018 because that's it's a position you've just gotta have a lot of bodies at.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, TJ, let's get to some big other Big Ten news uh, that we've missed over the last couple of weeks. Uh, one is Minnesota made a coaching change. They fired Tracy sure. Clays um, because of the whole um, incident with the sexual assault and, and players being suspended and a tweet he sent out. Uh, they hired P.J. Fleck uh, from Western Michigan. He's brought row the boat uh, to the uh, land of 10,000 lakes, so plenty of space to, to row his boat there. Um, I think that was a tremendous hire for Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota, they're, I think they're a, they can be a good program. Uh, they have a lot of history. They have a nice stadium. Sure. Um, it, they play in the Big Ten West, uh, which is competitive every year. Uh, and, you know, they don't have to go and play Ohio State and, and Michigan and Michigan State and all those things every single year. I uh, think uh, their spots are picked and chosen for them uh, when they play them. But I, I, I think that you know, it, the effect on IU might not be immediate, but P.J. Fleck does have a history of recruiting Indiana guys uh, when he was yeah. at Western Michigan, uh, and, and we'll see how his recruiting uh, does at a Big Ten school uh, and things like that. So I think it's a tremendous hire for uh, Minnesota, he signed, I believe, a six-year deal. We'll see if, um, you know, if he if he takes Minnesota and does what uh, he did at Western Michigan with Minnesota, we'll see how long he is with the Gophers. Uh, another mm-hmm. thing, um, we saw Kevin Wilson is now officially the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Uh, it just makes that first first game a little bit more intriguing, uh, you know, with, with that offense, I, Ohio State was shut out by Clemson in the semifinals of the college football playoff. Uh, Did they deserve to be in there is another question uh, with all that. So we'll see a lot of Kevin Wilson at Ohio state. We'll talk a little bit about it when, when we start breaking down that game, but that's a tremendous hire for Ohio state. Him and urban Urban have always been uh, friendly uh, and close. So, you know, I'm happy for Coach Wilson that he got another job after um, his rocky ending at at Indiana. So, you know, to me, it's it's hit and miss on, on whether or not where he should be. Um, you know, Indiana made its bed; he made his bed as well, and they both have to lie on lie in it. Um, you knew he was going to get a job somewhere, but uh, you know yep. you wish it was not Ohio State and some some place where he could come back and, and do some damage. But uh, in the long run, it, it shouldn't really make a difference in the series. Uh, we'll see what it you know what it does this year. Uh, and then uh, you know the the last piece of news is that Ohio State's athletic director uh, Gene Smith is replacing Wisconsin AD Barry Alvarez on this uh, college football playoff committee. The impact should have no impact on Indiana. Um, They're (laughs) not going to compete for the college football playoff right now, Uh, but we'll see, you know, when it comes to to selection committees and all of that, Uh, there's big controversy this year whether or not Penn State should have been in uh, and all that. So we'll see. But, TJ, always great talking uh, Big Ten and IU football with you. Uh, We'll be back next week uh, with Mitchell Page.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, he has certainly been one of my uh, favorite players to watch at Indiana, and uh, I know we're both really looking forward to uh, getting a chance to, to talk with him uh, as he has wrapped up his Indiana career. And uh, So we'll catch up with Mitchell Page real quick. We'll talk about any more recruiting news uh, that pops up. Indiana, again, will be hosting – Uh, quite a few visitors this weekend and we'll have ongoing recruiting content uh, up on Hoosier huddle and we'll talk about it here on the podcast.
1: Yep. Uh, We'll have a mailbag out, um, later this week. So do send in your questions to at Hoosier huddle on, on Twitter, uh, or at Hoosier underscore huddle on Twitter. Um, and, uh, hit us up on Facebook as well. Uh, thanks for joining us, TJ. We're two weeks away from signing day about, uh, 225 days away from kickoff, so uh, it'll be here before you know it. Spring ball will be here as well, so uh, keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com. We'll have all our uh, preview stuff up here in the next few weeks uh, getting ready for spring ball. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with former IU receiver Mitchell Page.
0: Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah.